Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with success, successful underdogs. And today I have Ms. Sheila Thien, the owner of VTS. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Eric. I love this. Thank you. No problem. No problem. So, um, it looks cold where you are. I don't know you're inside, but it looks cold. Can you tell the people where you're from? Uh, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're on about an hour north of Minneapolis, and it's a beautiful lake house. It's beautiful, but like it's cold here. It's it's been snowing for days. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm in Indianapolis, and it's not snowed here yet. It never snows before Christmas. It snows after Christmas, but I definitely know about uh, the weather there. It's very cold. Very cold. So thank you for uh, being on. And before we get into our conversation, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan. That's my clothing line, me and my son. We have hoodies, t-shirts, sweatshirts. If you use the promo code underdog talk, just underdog talk, uh, you'll get 15% off. The website is Christian Dewan. Dewan is spelled D-E-W-G-A-U-N. <clears throat> and underdog is spelled U-N-D-A-D-R. D-A-W-G, D-A-W-G, not D-O-G, and you'll get 15% off. So, Miss Sheila, you have something that people need to use, People, something people don't know about. Um, what does VTS stand for? So, VTS stands for Vestibular Training Services. And what your vestibular is in your brain is actually the master system of your brain. It's connected to like 20 different major skills uh, within your brain. But the three big ones that we talk about all the time in the industries is one is balance. So improving your balance, which is a really big deal. Uh, number two is cognitive processing speed of how fast your brain really does move. And the third is non-spatial disorientation. So really in doing one training system with that, I can work on those three major projects within your brain. Mm. So how did you get started with this particular training in this particular field? So I come from the figure skating world. Uh, I joke that we're not a startup. We've been doing this for 28 years. Uh, we've had different forms of harness companies, but we really come from the figure skating world. And if you really look beyond the, the pretty music and the sequiny dresses, you know, and the really short girls, <laughs> it's a really short sport, uh, kind of like gymnastics, we we really create ninja athletes. You know, the balance on that little teeny tiny quarter inch blades that rotate and spin and turn and twist and with perfect balance and a smile on their face and really are some amazing athletes. So how this all got started was we started noticing our athletes could do things that other athletes couldn't. We, we were, we had amazing balance and amazing cognitive skills and really high grades uh, for athletes. Like, extraordinarily smart children. Uh, then on top of that, we had kids that didn't get dizzy, which is unusual in any part of the brain. So, so we just started looking more and more into it. And we expanded our company in 2020 out of just the sporting groups and into the general public. And <laughs> 2020, perfect time to expand your company. Talk about yeah. 
dogs. <laughs> we did, you know, we, we expanded and weirdly it worked out for us because people had time to give and people were really generous with their time, especially on LinkedIn. I connected into some of the most amazing people that I'm truly honored and grateful that I didn't even know were out there, much less would take the time to spend with me. Mm, I love it. So it's something that you kind of always done is just something now that the world knows about because you said with figure skating, cause yeah, I was thinking like with figure skating, you know, you're doing all the spinning and all that stuff and you're noticing that your athletes are doing a lot better, which that would make sense because you're helping with the balance. You're helping with the, the different things that people in figure skating do. So when it comes to like everyday people, right? You say you go to everyday people, what kind of people, do you attract or do you get um, that you work with now? So that, that's that been kind of the, the amazing part of this whole company is we're actually working with anyone that has a brain, which, okay, of course, it's everyone. So with that, we're working with everyone from a lot of post-concussion uh, NFL and NHL players are coming to me uh, to work with us um, in that post-concussion uh, attempt to reset anything we can do to help there. Uh, in addition, we're working with kids with autism. Talk about, oh, man, this is exactly what I want to do. It's changing the world for these children and for their families. Uh, we're working with the aging population. Uh, my 75-year-old mom isn't falling. She works with me once a week for five minutes, and it's just that gentle spinning. So, like, And weirdly, I have tons of, of course, super mega fast videos out there of my athlete, she's going, you know, almost five turns a second, just so, so, so fast. Um, but then I have my really slow, I call them my reality videos of what the rest of the world can do. That they were talking slow turning, you know, but that's what is all part of that vestibular system and a skill base that you have to build up over time. <clears throat> I love it because I work with, um, well, I worked with autism, autism children and that's something that I definitely want to um, get a link to send out to the parents that I know, because that's something that could definitely help them because uh, balance and different stuff of that sort is something that they're not, some of them aren't good at. So I definitely know some kids that can barely, you know, they walk, but they don't walk normal. And that, you know, definitely could help them out. So what actually is it because you said children with autism, figure skating, NFL, your 75-year-old mom, what is this training that you do with people? Because I, I had to go look. I went and looked and I said, oh, um, I don't know um, if this would be for me because I think I might throw up. Like, it's going too fast for me. But you did say you have the reality speed for people that, you know, you got to take it slow. So what is this uh, actual training and what do people do? So it, it's actually weirdly easy. And of course, I move best through the sports industries because I come from sports. You know, so it's that expansion into these other groups that, that has been just amazing process. So basically, you just stand on this electric platter. Uh, by the way, we just got our U.S. patent. <laughs> so excited about that. So we got our U.S. patent. And basically, you just stand on the platter. And then the body harness is there so you don't fall off. Okay, because because the goal is that you start out really slow and that over a course of time you can speed up. So there is a gamification of it that you really can make it more of a game that, of course, the kids love. But weirdly, the athletes go crazy for. Um, 
And weirdly, so do my military guys. Like, like if the game can start out slow to they can be successful at it. And then we just keep going faster and faster and faster. And that just kind of makes it more entertaining in the world of PT and OT and that type of work. But in the same sense, it turned into a game for me and how slow could we go and still see results. Mm. And that, that's the part that we're excited about is to be honest, we can go pretty slow and still see amazing changes in balance and cognitive processing speed. So that that's the part that is almost overwhelming to me is to realize how slow we can go and still see these results. But you just stand on the platter. I can control the speed with a dial on the mm. machine and then I just step on the pedal. That's it. I have 12 year olds that can run this gear. Super easy. So in most of my adults don't fly. The kids like to fly, but the adults just stand on the platter and that harness is there so that they don't fall off. You know, so in that sense, it's really great. But a lot of my clients never, ever fly. Although I'm amazed at how many, after a couple of times and they get good at it, they're like, bring it, I can fly. And I'm like, let's go. So, so there is the fly option uh, for the extra side of it. But really, I'm amazed how many people post-concussion uh, and even with traumatic brain injuries, enjoy that floating feeling because it's the most fun they've had in years, especially after the, the brain injury. So, so I do have a batch that really do enjoy that. Mm. So um, who can't use this? Like uh, who can't like who who are some people uh, maybe health wise or something going on? Who can't get on this training that wouldn't be able to do it? Absolutely. For sure. There's a group we can't work with. And, and it's actually obviously you should have your doctor's permission, just like any other project that you're taking on. So first your doctor's permission. But the group we really, really can't work with is people that have a frail rib cage. Um, so I think of like uh, my 94 year old father-in-law who's frail, like, like for sure we can't work with them because the concern is, is if they did fall, even in the slowly moving platter mm -hmm. that the, the harness would engage and it'd break their ribs, you know, is, is what the concern is. So those with truly falling risks that are frail is, is just the group we just can't work with. But I just worked with an 80 year old uh, that had a lot of balance issues and they did great on the gear. I also recently worked with a gentleman that was a former test pilot that had crashed and he uh, he has a traumatic brain injury, but he also is a mid left thigh amputee and he was great on the gear. So even with a brain injury and an amputee, oh my gosh, he was great on the gear and saw significant changes in his balance. So, so really even I'm amazed at the groups that we work with. Mm. So uh, what about a skinny person? <laughs> well, the harness is that the harness is good down to 20 pounds. I got three-year-olds on this gear all oh, okay. the way to 350 okay. pounds. Like okay. I, I, I run the gamut, you know, so like everything from children all the way through 350 pounds. I got okay. you. Bring me okay. alignment. I can get them on there. <laughs> okay. I'm good then. I'm good. So how do you, uh, do you just do this where you live or is it something you've branched out? Have you ever went outside of where you live to do this? You know, so we have worldwide sales. Remember, I've been doing this for 28 years, you know, so I'm actually, we have worldwide sales. Uh, we're one of the top harness companies in the world. Uh, and so with that, 
I've been doing this forever and all over the world. And I've spoke at conferences internationally. I just got back from uh, England and Australia this summer. So it was a great summer of travel and touring and, and, and training people how to use the gear. Of course, I have my training center um, in Shakopee, Minnesota, that I work out of the Gopher Gold uh, Skating Academy, um, which is where most people come to work if they want to work directly with me. But of course, we sell all the gear too. So with that, half my sales go into people's homes, although the goal, of course, is bigger than that, to, to work with PTs and OTs and, and programs uh, in community centers, you know, then, then that way we could work with hundreds and hundreds of people a day because it really is only five minutes on the gear and you can just keep switching people and it's super easy gear to run. So, of course, we offer training. We do Zoom training. We do live person training. Uh, people come and train with me. It, it's it's anything any group wants. We can for sure accommodate. I love it because it seems like it's very uh, a very simple thing, like it's not simple as in the training part. But once you get down to understanding the training and getting on the machine is not that hard. So where because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, she could go to a, a, a PD like with um, special education and show them and they could get the kids on there and that could definitely help. So there's different. So there's different ways that people can uh, utilize your training and utilize your uh, machine. So um, when did you start like branching out and going to speak other places when you because, you know, public speaking for people is very tough. So when you had to go speak places, was that an easy thing or was it something you had to learn how to do so you could, you know, branch out and tell more people about it? So when I came from the figure skating world, to be honest, when I moved in figure skating, super easy. Like I spoke at national and international conferences and, and that wasn't hard. It's when I started branching into, you're going to medical conferences. I spoke at a huge medical conference this summer in Liverpool, England. And I'll be honest, it, it was scary. Like, ugh, like, like it was really, really, really scary. And uh, it went so well that it, of course I, I'm so grateful. <laughs> oh, so much anxiety when you talk about being an underdog. Oh my gosh. I really felt like an underdog at this event. And I, it went so well. And I had uh, four other groups book me for more events out of that event, uh, which is the, the really cool part of the, the whole networking process. And of course, LinkedIn. But as you talk about children and programs, we have a great vendor in the UK that's one of our distributors. It's a company called Rebound Therapy. And their specialty is actually trampolines and children uh, with special needs and autism. And we're connected with a group called Jump Space in Manchester that has our gear and hundreds of children use it. And it's just exciting to see all of their results starting to come out just even in the last two months. Oh, I, I love that. I love that because I've seen like the different things that they can use by, you know, taking them to their uh, o PT and OT and different things like that. So what you just said was kind of funny because you said you just went to England, but you've been doing this 28 years, but you were nervous as all get up. Um, and it was like, you were the underdog. Why did you feel that way? Like you were the underdog? Well, I can see, I mean, talking in the medical field is different than talking to general, but why did you feel like you were the underdog and you had that anxiety going there, but you've been doing it for all these years? Well, it's the difference. Like I, I move so well through the sporting groups. Like, you know, I, I'm working with pro motocross next month and, and the NFL guys, like that just seems so easy to me. Like in the sporting world, 
but to present at a medical conference in front of so many doctors. And, and to be honest, our presentation styles are very different. Uh, we're in the medical world. They put up the slides yeah. and, and they read you the slide. To be honest, so boring. Okay. <laughs> Especially to the sporting groups. It's like, do something, you know, burst yeah. into flames, do something, you know. So, um, so, but when I present, it is more like a TED talk, you know, and I show my results and I talk about the groups we're working with. And in my presentation style, you can see is this is different than how other people present at conferences. So, so with that, I break out the screen and we're showing videos and, you know, I've got crazy videos playing and, and that it, 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 it played, it, it all played out beautifully. And, and that's kind of the fun part too, of bringing innovation and, and sports innovation into the general public. It's a totally different new set of presentations and how you do things and rules and the whole medical industry. Uh, we have a chief medical officer that joined my company and a head PT. And, and I have a coordinator that handles all of our PhD research. Uh, you know, all of these things really expanded my company, but really expanded how I run a business and how I process how we're going to make these moves happen. Mm, I love it. I love it. So it's kind of like, even though uh, you've been doing it 28 years, you're just now getting to where you're getting that notor notoriety and you're, you're want to take it to another level. So it's for, so for the audience listening, it's like when you get to doing whatever it is, it could be a sport, it could be your job, your career, you get to a certain point and you're like, okay, I need to go harder. I need to go more. I need to do more. Now I can understand I can do more. Like you said earlier, you were um, networking with people on LinkedIn and like the connections that you get with people. Like you can't stop at a certain level and be like, well, I did it 28 years. All right. Good job. No. Now it's like, oh, what is this? This is something new. No, it's not new. It's been out. So now you can present it to more and more people. And like you said earlier, you can help all kinds of people. You say you got an 80 year old, 75 year old, a three year old, a 12 year old, you got athletes, you got all different kinds of people because you can help not more than just one audience. You can help, you know, everybody, anybody with a brain. So that's really dope that you have that and that you feel, still feel like the underdog. I'm sure you have a lot of wins. Like you got to go speak uh, across the country. When you go speak across the country, if anybody's a speaker, you know it. That's it, it. It's a nice little check. You get to go somewhere that you've never been. You get to have fun, and then you get to see people, you know, in a different culture. But then it's like, okay, I got more to do. So how? So how do you keep that underdog kind of like mentality going? And you've been doing it so many years. So, so I, I almost have to tell a story with this. So when I was a young coach, I was 20 years old and there's a really famous coach here in the United States called Kathy Casey. And she was one of the first big figure skating coaches to get to travel internationally and do seminars. We're kind of like the world of coaching that you work with more international skaters than just your country. So I'm a young coach and I'm sitting there at a conference and I meet Kathy Casey and she just gone to Australia to do a huge presentation in Australia about 30 years ago. And I was like, how do I do that? How do I grow up and be like that? I'm a bootstrap kid. Like I, I don't come from money. Um, I had a weird childhood as we all did. But like, I remember thinking like, what would be my path to get to go to Sydney, Australia? And, and I always dreamed of that opera house. You know, that opera house they always show on like um, 
like New Year's, you know, <laughs> with the with the fireworks in the background on the bridge, you know, like like I saw that as a kid. And I remember thinking, like, how would I ever find that path to this? And the answer is 32 years later, when I got to stand in front of the Sydney Opera House and I, I did the bridge climb, which was a really three hour process. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but like it was so it was that day that you stand there and you're like, OK, so much gratitude for it took me 32 years to get here. But I was standing in Sydney, Australia, and, and that's my screensaver right now. And and these goals are achievable, but it, it's it's so much tenacity and it's so much bootstraps. And it's so much we never gave up. And and really, my answer, too, is being coachable. Um, I talk about as a coach to coach kids, but as a coach, being coachable into adulthood, um, that I am super coachable. And so when opportunities presented and challenges in growth and ways to learn and it I really feel like I stepped into all of those. And I've been mentored by some of the most amazing people in the world that, of course, I owe back to the system, you know, because I have had so many people help me that I, of course, owe the system to help others. So so that's really where this whole thing came from and, and how we can rise together. But <laughs> some some idiot kid from Apple Valley, Minnesota, got to see that opera house and and think of what we could all do together. Yeah, I love that. You said it took you 32 years to, to get there. And sometimes we don't realize how long it's going to take us. Sometimes it takes us a year. Sometimes it takes us five to 10. You never know how long it's going to take you, but you got to have that tenacity. You got to keep going. And like you said, the, one of the important things is being coachable. Like you're a coach. You're a coach that has a coach. Like everybody that's great everybody that does something that's at the top of their league they have a coach no matter who it is lebron he pays a hundred uh i mean 1.5 mil point five million a year for his body because he knows what he has to do to go through this season like people have to realize you have to have someone help you along the way like you had that dream you saw that coach all right how can i do that all right now i'm here now i need to get some help now I need to, you know, go this far. And you had the big goal and you got there eventually, but you never gave up. And now you have a team. Now you have people that you work with because you kept going and people seeing your vision because over 32 years, I'm sure people are going to be like, OK, she's been doing what she what she says she's going to do. Because sometimes people start stuff and they give up like because life happens, you know, all kinds of stuff, family members pass away, divorces, children, all this different stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I had my nice little run in about five years. I'm going to just give up and go back to work. But no, you kept going. And that's what people have to do is like, you got to keep going. So uh, with, with that, did you have any moments? I'm sure you did, but can you think of any one or two moments where it was like, I want to give up? Skip this. I like whatever yeah. I'm done. Yes, yes. You know, like I got fired from some jobs, you know, I wasn't, you know, certain when you, you get into the mode that it was really great and then it wasn't great. You know, I, I talk about like, you know, the hard part, of course, kids, kids, they're exhausting. You know, I joke that I had two kids really kind of close together. They're adults now. They're now like 25 and 27. But I joke that um, I cried a lot when they were little. <laughs> 
I cried all the time. It was exhausting. I never thought I'd see my son get to kindergarten. I thought I was going to die of exhaustion before he got to kindergarten. And so when my little boy finally went to kindergarten, I was like, what? I still live. You know, then the second kid. <laughs> Made it to kindergarten. I'm like, oh man, I look at all this free time I've got, you know. So <laughs> talk about like your kids are hard, you know, like I'm high functioning and I barely survived two of them, you know. So, you know, but really the key to all of it really for me was I had a phenomenal, I do have a phenomenal husband, phenomenal. And so he, he, he wants me to grow. He helps me, you know, and I, and I look at some of my friends with not great spouses, you know, <laughs> That as they rise, the spouse will push it back down so that they don't rise above the spouse, you know, and, and I see a lot of that. And, and it's heartbreaking to me uh, because my husband is uh, Scott <laughs> is amazing, you know, but that helped me be amazing because he helped me every step of the way. And, you know, I, I did some seminars in my early part of my career that I made zero dollars on zero. I lost 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he had the kids all weekend and not once did he complain, not once. And I, I really look at that and I look at, once again, the people that have supported me. And even if it was just, they picked up the kids at school for me so I could work a couple more extra hours, you know, like little things like that really helped me it, that the family really teamed up and pitched in. Um, you know, my mom and my dad died um, pretty young, you know, but in the same sense, my auntie really helped out. But where family really helped me, they didn't thwart me. You know, like I, I see a lot of people struggle with that. But the key is really that marriage <laughs> that does somebody great for you. You know, like marry someone great. That's that's really the key. So, yeah, I definitely understand that. I was married, uh, got a divorce. So. I definitely understand where you're what you're saying, because sometimes spouses like are trying to better themselves before they should have bettered themselves in a relationship. Sometimes it's like you're trying to love on yourself. You're trying to grow as an individual when you should have did that before you got there. And you have to realize that. But when you do have that person that can help you, because I a lot most successful people are married. Like if you really look down the line of successful people, no matter what field you're in, most people are are married because they have that that partner, they have that support system, that person that you could go out and you did three hours of speaking and didn't make no money, and you can go home and they can be like, "Great job!" And you three like, days, three oh, days of speaking, oh, and I lost money. Like, oh, yeah, three days, and you can go home and they're like, "I'm proud of you," and you're like, "What?" I didn't make no money, but they're telling you you're proud of you. And that helps because when you go out there in the entrepreneur or whatever world you're in, just in work in general, sometimes work can whoop your ass and you got to go home and you like, damn, whoo. And that person's there to give you a hug because like, yeah, work can <laughs> work. can I, Like I, having a kid is exhausting, but working with kids, I'm a, I'm a kindergarten teacher. So working with kids, I was just telling my friend, I was like, it's not even the physical. I be mentally drained. Like I get home and I'm like, I don't want to do nothing. And it's like, I got a thousand things I should be doing or I need to do. And it's like, that's where I got to get the automated system and get a team and stuff like that. Because it could be a day where I'm like, all right, I'm going after school. I'm going to do this. And them kids like, no, nah, you're not going to do nothing when you get home. Mr. Jones, you about to go to sleep. And it's like, okay, 
Yep, I lost today. I lost, yeah. <laughs> I know, but like I have a thing too, because of course my the base of my career is really working with children. You know what I mean? Like I joke that I'm a teenage girl specialist, <laughs> uh, which makes me terrifying. Okay, like I can do anything because I tackle teenage girls all day long. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot of work. And I and emotionally, it's a lot of work. But like I always talk about people that you can tell that work with children and then uh, the corporate group that never works with children and only work with perfect scenarios and nobody threw up today or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh man, come work in my, you know, come suffer, you know, like you, don't tell me your corporate life is hard. It's nothing compared to working with kids all day. But the reality of that too, in that I think it makes us really uh, high functioning. And, and I think it made me really normal to work with children because I did deal with chaos on a daily basis and rose from that chaos to the point that I'm really good at working in a chaotic environment. Like, look at you, like, seriously, kindergartners, anything, you know, there's nothing. Oh no, I buffered there a little bit. There we go. There's nothing you can't handle. Yeah. Because you work with kids, you can work in chaos, you know, and that's, that's really, and those skills really helped us as we moved into other groups. It, I, I can handle anything. Yeah. See, I like, so I started speaking and then I got into school a weird way, needed a job, started as an assistant in special education. Now I'm a full-time teacher. And it was like, why am I teaching? But it's because of the speaking part. Like you said, like I can, like, you never know what's going to happen in our class. Like, you don't know, somebody gets a bloody nose, somebody starts throwing up, somebody, oh, I'm sick, oh, this. And it's like, all right, what? Well, okay, that's what we're doing today. All right, let's turn these lights off. Let's put our head down. Let's hit a restart button and let's get back. Or it's like, uh, if you got um, material, you know, you give a five-year-old some material, they playing, they not listening to what you're saying. So you got to still teach, get their attention and tell them, don't touch this, delete that. And it's like, oh, I get why I have to teach is going to help me down the road. And sometimes we don't realize like certain stuff that a job or certain stuff that we do to help us. Because when you work, if you can work with kids, you can work with anybody. If you can get some five-year-olds to sit down and be quiet and do what they're supposed to, you can get anybody to sit down. And, and I understand that now, but in some days it's like, man, skip these kids. Like they get on, like, yeah. And it's like, they know. It's like they know. And then being like a male teacher, like going through the school, like I like it could be any grade. Like we go up to sixth grade in my building. So it could be any grade. I see a kid and I got to check them. It's like I'm looking at them like, man, I'm working with these kids. They behave better than y'all. What's going on? And it's just crazy. But like you just said, like if you can work with kids, you can work with anybody. And I salute you for working with teenage girls because I have a teenage daughter. And listen, like. As girls get older, I like I don't know. Like you guys are mean. You guys are mean at a young age. But as you get older, teenage girls, like my sister turned 13 and she was just a different person. She just became mean. And I was like, okay. And my daughter, same way, attitude. All they want is money. They just want money. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't get women. I never will. And I salute you for working with teenage girls because whew, yeah, that's a task. That's a well, task. Here's the one weird thing. So like people on airplanes, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a teenage girl specialist. And then people don't bug me on the plane the whole rest of the flight. It really, nobody wants to talk to you, you know, but <laughs> um, 
which is weird. But, you know, like one of the things that my group is really gotten good at is that emotional regulation that we really didn't understand was coming from all that spinning and vestibular, you know, and you talk about a reset on the kids. And, and the crazy part is the reset is spinning. Okay. And, and that's where our whole project comes from is, can we reset people? Can we flip a switch? Can we make your life better? And, and it also comes down to, if I can improve your balance, I can improve you as an athlete. But if I can speed up how fast your brain's working, I've improved you as a person. So, so these are all the pieces that we're really trying to, uh, to connect within this vestibular system. But the other piece too, that, um, Actually, one of my students uh, now flies army helicopters. She's amazing. She flies Blackhawks now. And she talks about not having any spatial disorientation. So no matter how they tip her or spin her, she doesn't get disoriented. Okay, but that's just a great awareness in, in your life, knowing what's going on around you and being sensitive to that. And these are the little pieces that we really think our company is so exciting about is that if I can connect all three of those pieces for kids, much less the aging and, and adults or, or post-injury or you know, post-trauma, if we can help reset all of that in that vestibular system of your brain, look at how much better we can make the world. Yeah. And like you just broke it down to like it's a reset. It's to help with awareness around you, help with your balance, especially with athletes, not just with athletes, you broke it down on both parts, but a lot of athletes like balance is very important, especially like basketball, football, uh, um, all the sports that really is balance. Like, cause if you can have that little extra balance, it'll help you, you know, in the long haul and be able to do certain things that other players can't do. But if you have that balance where you're aware of things around you in your life, you'll be able to remove the negative. You'll be able to, Oh, this, this is the habit that helped me get here. I need to continue to do this. Oh, this, this person over here, I don't need to have them in my life because that self-awareness is very important. If you don't have self-awareness, you're not going to be able to go anywhere in life. I don't care if you're a kid, you're an adult, whatever it is. If you don't, if you're not self-aware of what's stopping you from going and what's keeping you going, if you don't know the difference, if you don't know your strengths and weaknesses, then you're not going to be able to go anywhere. So that's very important to know your strengths and your weaknesses. So I always have people, um, I guess, do three tips. So what are um, three I wouldn't say tips, but what are three pros by doing um, your training? What are three pros that it doesn't matter the age of the person, it don't matter who the person is. What are three pros that, you know, after they do your training, this is what, you know, they can have. Okay. So I can answer this a couple of ways. Okay. So the, the first one is a lot of people when they talk about after having worked with me, they feel like they have like spidey senses. You know, like, like they feel like they're super, super alert and the results last about three days. So people sleep better. Okay. So, so that's actually one of the, the benefits I'm going to talk about too, is if you sleep better and you get enough sleep, you're, you're, you're just, your life is going to be better, you know? And one of the things too, you, um, so I've been interviewing tons of people and just ask them how much sleep you get. And I'm talking to a bunch of high school kids and I'm hearing easily five, six, four, five, six hours of sleep. And that is not enough for a growing brain. So my, my first big, big twist is sleep. Okay. Like, like if you can get better sleep, 
and enough sleep. I just read a thing that Michael Phelps, part of his training program was 10 hours of sleep, 10, 11 hours of sleep. But that's what his body needed to repair itself. But that's what our brains need to clean themselves and for a growing person. So, so really, weirdly, my tip one, I'm going to add, it's tied to vestibular, but it's getting good sleep so that you can function and make good decisions uh, and, and, and emotionally regulated with that too. So, so we all know if you're not getting enough sleep, you're, you're crying a lot like I was <laughs> when the kids are little. So you know, yeah. sleep, I, I, I really feel like sleep is like step number one, okay? But the other parts of it too, of course, my other tips are, of course, like marry somebody great, you know, that really fills in your skills and really teams up. Um, and and it's the team up, you know, it, it's really, I just feel like the key. And it's actually the whole theme of our company is we've teamed up with so many amazing companies and organizations. And that's really been the secret to our success, too, is creating great relationships, healthy, great, strong, kindness based relationships where everybody wins. You know, nobody has to lose. We can all win in this project. And I really think that that's really been key to even my happiness level, because I just feel like I'm doing the right thing for the right reasons and for the right people. Uh, we, we really our focus in our company is really outcomes, not so much financial. OK, it's a little financial to keep the company afloat. But that's really not the goals of the company. The goals are the outcomes and the improving people's lives and children's lives and families' lives. So I feel like when you look at the outcomes that you want, the financial will tie to it eventually, but your happiness will still be there in the whole process. I, I love it. I love I love those different tips because you broke them down to your company, but you broke them down in life too. Like you, it's very important to, like you said, kind relationships because you can have relationships but they're not kind where you treat a person good just because you treat a person good like you don't treat you don't it's like when you're on a team you don't have your favorite player that you treat a certain way and you pass them the ball more than you pass them no like you said everybody wins like uh on paid in full everybody eats b everybody eats like if everybody doesn't eat then what's the purpose of having that team? And like you said, the financial is the small thing. It's about the outcome. It's about the impact that you leave rather than the profit. The profit is going to come because your your impact is going to be greater than what you even imagine eventually. Before it's said and done, before you uh, clock out, you're going to be like, wow, oh, my goodness, I touched this many people. And your pockets are going to be where you're able to help those people. But is going to be where you can go on those trips because you can go on those trips. You don't got to go because of business. You can go for yourself. So you just have to think of those different things. So I love those tips. And I always catch people off guard with this one. I need a, a quote. I don't know if you have your own quote, if you have a quote for the day, if whatever it is, but I need a quote from you. I okay. I'll pick, I'll pick two phases to it. One, the quote is we all rise together. I'll pick that one. Okay. Uh, the other one is you, you talk about everybody eats. So my favorite charity here in Minneapolis and the, the same charities is in every cities is it's a kid's food program for weekends. So the kids have food on weekends and I have a huge personal gripe with society that the idea that there's any hungry kids anywhere in the world 
period. Like I have a huge problem with hungry kids. Well, hungry humans in general, but hungry kids. And it's something that we can fix. And so I do work with uh, several. Oh, no, I buffered a little bit. Oh, you're sorry. Er. <laughs> I have a buffered a little bit. But wait a minute. So I got to show you this. So do you see my bunny painting here in the background? Yeah. It's 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 not good. It's, it's really not art. OK, it's really not good. But I've painted 256 bunnies from an art class I took. One of those wine and cheese. Like, it's not like there's talent in it. There's no talent whatsoever. Um, I <laughs> trace them and then I paint them like they're they're not good. OK, but. I've raised over $15,000 for children's food charities by painting that rabbit 265 times. Okay. <laughs> we can all do such little things to help out, you know, and, and we can all have our favorite charities, but the idea of hungry kids is something I feel like we can all fix. Definitely. I love that quote. And I definitely love the thing about um, the kids because being a teacher, you definitely see kids and you notice like, hey, here go a couple. Here go some extra snacks. You can tell, kid, this might be the only meals for the day. And it's like sometimes as a teacher, you you got snacks. Like it could be older kids, it could be younger kids. Hey, you got some? They know to come to my class. Y'all got some snacks in here? Yeah, here here go some snacks. Get out, go on. Because you tell one kid, then here come here. I can't give everybody snacks, but I can help. And so I love that. I love that you drew that picture. And that picture, I mean, it looks good to me. So <laughs> it looks good to me. So, I mean, it helped help feed some children. So definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely is a good picture. So um, how can people reach out to you? How can people get in touch? How can um, people find out more about what you do? So there, there's a million ways. Of course, today's you can get there anyway. So our easiest way to our website is spinyourbrain.com. So just spin your brain. Dot com uh, is the easiest way to the website. And of course, you can connect to us through the website. But I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. So grab me on LinkedIn, Sheila Thielen. If you search Sheila Thielen vestibular, um, it's it, I for sure pop up. Uh, I'm on a lot of, um, I, I do love podcasts. Um, I also, uh, we're on Instagram under vestibular training services. And also my name, Sheila Thielen. We're on Facebook, all of that good stuff. Uh, you can message us, track us. Um, we we're we're moving, you know. So try and keep up with us. But we have teams that can come visit you and train your staff and really get everyone on the same page. And it's such easy gear to run and to apply that we're we're just excited to do more and more. Definitely. So I appreciate you uh, reaching out on LinkedIn and we being able to connect because this is a great conversation. What you're doing is great. As you were talking, I was sitting there thinking about uh, kids or teachers that work with special education and autism because that's where, like, I love all kids, but that's where my heart is with those kids because that's where I started off at. So I definitely will um, be getting that information to them. Thank you again for what you do and how you're helping people all over, um, even though it's cold as all get up where you're at because I got a T-shirt, hat on, you got this jacket uh it looked like it's all cold there but i appreciate you um thank you again and do you have any closing words before we get out of here i, I just want to thank you and so much gratitude into the industry and all the people that have helped me and all the people that i would love to help that like i feel like we can all change the world and not sound crazy for saying that 
So let's go. Let's rise together. Let's let's change the world. Let's help children. Let's help your auntie not fall. You know, let, let's help your mom and your dad and your grandmas and your grandpas. And uh, let's help soldiers. You know, like we can the whole group, everyone could use a little help and we can be the ones that do that. And on that note, peace, one love. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I read and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.